Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. mistaken that is a bit of an irish protest song brendan escott who is that is that that's kevin it, this kevin is Bear? this is performed by the irish brigade it looks like okay there we go welcome back everybody happy saint patrick's day uh oilers now with you the oilers tonight against calgary second of two against the flames and then uh, tomorrow the winnipeg jets in town by the way the jets are hosting the montreal canadians tonight as well uh, we will tell you that guests and orders now receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Uh, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. We go to Brian Lott from the NHL Network. He is brought to you each Wednesday by Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Brian, welcome back to Oilers Now. How are you? Doing fantastic, Bob. Thank you. How was the flight today? Good? <laughs> Just wonderful. Back yeah. in New York. Back? Were you surprised uh, today about what transpired involving Ralph Kruger in Buffalo? I can't say I was surprised. You felt like it was coming, and yet it seemed like if it was going to happen, it probably would have happened a while ago, so... I don't know if I'd stay, say stone cold surprised, but um, something, something. I thought he would have done it a while ago. Thought they may just wait to the end of the year. Of course, they do it now. Ralph Kruger. Yeah, Ralph Kruger got that job a couple of years ago. Uh, there were other names out there. Uh, at times, uh, Todd McClellan went into Buffalo to see his son Tyson play uh, in the uh, try to uh, repeat his national championships. In the, and we're going to hit on the NCAA a little bit later on. Uh, he was linked to Buffalo. Uh, I know some people thought Dave Tippett might make sense in Buffalo. Uh, that is a uh, that is a tough situation right now. I mean, you got Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall with two goals each. Eichel might be done for the year. Taylor Hall looked like he might be done last night and dragged himself back into the game, which reveals a bit uh, to me on his character. But your thoughts, what needs to happen there? 
in my opinion, the mistakes they made and it has nothing to do with Taylor Hall, but you know, if you're going to start allocating assets, you got to figure out where you need it most. And for that team on a nightly basis, there's two things that stick out. Their decor is not particularly strong, and their structure is not particularly strong. And they really didn't address either one of those things. I think Ralph is a fantastic guy, uh, but the performance was not great there. Obviously, he had a rough go personally with all the things that happened to him, as well as the players. Uh, But it just it, it hasn't surprised me where they're at. That's why I'm always a little bit surprised. I figured they would be last or second to last to be completely transparent in their division. They are last, in fact, in the whole NHL. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, – $8 million to Taylor Hall. He's a valuable guy. That's great. But you're not going to be competitive until you build at least an average D, and they're nowhere near that right now. Brian Lott joining us from the NHL Network. Former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning started Octagon's agency, which is where we're going to go next. TSN's Ryan Rashog reporting yesterday that after a break for uh, multiple months, uh, there was a conversation between Edmonton Oilers general manager Ken Holland and Rick Vallette. I'm just trying to remember, did you hire Rick Vallette uh, with Octagon, or was that after you'd left? No, Rick was there when I was there when I was the managing director of Octagon. Okay. We did hire, we did hire him. He's a great guy. Uh, obviously, used to be a GM in the Western Hockey League a long, long time ago, and um, you know he's done a nice job for Octagon over the years. He's got uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Ryan Murray of the New Jersey Devils, Jake DeBrusque of the Boston Bruins, to name three players. Uh, All right, well, here we go. So, you know, we're in a different landscape. We're in a different market. Uh, And I'm just trying to think back to you. Did you not – going into the – like a couple years out on the 04-05 lockout – did you have Fedorov at the – I'm trying to recall whether or not you had Fedorov a couple of years out when it looked like the landscape might be changing as well. Uh, that is correct. We did have Sergei Fedorov. It's one of the only guys uh, that ever fired me. If truth oh, be told, oh, there was sorry. a – Sorry, Brian. Oh, that, uh, oh, that's okay. I could take it. Uh, Sergei and I were close. There was a uh, discrepancy. <laughs> With another one of our Octagon clients and Sergey, it had to do with a woman. It was really unfortunate. Uh-huh. I hear that sometimes. I hear that we had negotiated a deal with Ken Holland, literally for like ten million a year, for five or six years. I wanted Sergey to do it. He was going through a very difficult personal time. Couldn't do it. Eventually, lets us go. Eventually, gets traded. Ends up in Anaheim, Columbus. The rest of the story is history. But, uh, yeah, that was a very, very interesting time, to say the least. Okay, well, here's where I'm going to go. Did you sense at that time that the mar- there was going to be a market correction for players? Because we're talking, just so the listeners are aware, we're talking pre-cap here, right? Uh, this is before the salary cap got pushed through after the 0405 lockout. So this was before 2004. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so did you did you sense that we were going to end up getting a hard cap in the NHL at that time as as a guy who's got your pulse in the business? Um, I did. The deal was one hundred percent approval by myself and Mike Liute. As I said, Sergey was having some other issues and uh, was hesitant to do it, and he should have done it. 
And some I've heard recently this story's been recanted, but the facts haven't been exactly accurate. That's exactly uh, what happened. It wasn't, you know, we sat on it and weren't sure and wanted more. It was 100% go for both Mike and myself. We just talked about this because Mike had mentioned he heard this story recently, and it wasn't quite accurate. But uh, those things happen. So now we fast forward. Your question is on Rick Vallette and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and his dealings with the Oilers. And, yes, we know they had communications quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, we know they were close on a contract. It did happen. Um, you know, then there were changes on people's positions. That's – I'm not sure how many people know that, but I'm certainly well-versed on it. <laughs> I'm glad you do because you're educating me in the pro. So where I'm going with this is we've got a market correction because of the pandemic, right, Brian? So does that does that get factored in by the agents? I mean, the agent's job is to get the best possible deal and represent the interests of the player. And here we like, I mean, realistically, are we looking at 81.5, Brian, for the next two or three years? And how dramatically does that change the position that maybe Octagon had with Ryan then even a year ago at this time when we were shut down, we probably didn't think it was going to be this bad and we were going to be this much hamstrung growing out the business over the next couple of years. Do you not agree on that? I agree 100%. And when I was at Octagon, we always looked out five years. I, there's nothing that leads me to conclude that they're still not doing that. If you looked out five years right now, my suspicion is, and I do not speak for the National Hockey League, but I have a good feel for this, is that the salary cap will be pretty flat over the next five years. There may be a gratuitous $1 or $2 million increase over that time. That is only a guess. I'm not speaking for the league. I'm doing it exactly the same as how I used to forecast when I was an agent and when I was a general manager. And for people that don't agree, uh, that's okay. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that's my opinion. And I've looked closely at these new deals. We don't know the final number for the remaining portion of the U.S. TV deal, but that could affect it either way, plus or minus a million or two. We know, we believe, Brian, that, you know, the Oilers obviously value Ryan. Uh there's been an expression that, hey, this makes sense from uh, the Nugent Hopkins camp as well. You know what is interesting to me is there's a couple like-minded players, and it's not, and it's just because of the nature of hockey in Canada, Brian, but Jaden Schwartz in St. Louis and Gabriel Landeskog with Colorado. Like, those are two pretty good players, two pretty good wingers. And Nugent Hopkins at this stage is basically a pretty good winger that's maybe a lead on special teams. Uh, do you think there's more of an impetus in Edmonton to get it done with, with Nugent Hopkins than it is in St. Louis for Schwartz or Colorado with Landeskog? These are really tough reads, Bob. If you're sitting there and you're Ryan Hopkins, you could be very easily say, look, there were some guys recently that signed for big numbers, the Matt Duchesne's. We'll use him as an example. Yeah. But you can't ignore what's happened more recently, so you got to look at a guy like Mike Hoffman, who's awful also an octagon client and for me the answer lies somewhere in the middle um you can easily talk yourself into one way or another on these particular situations that's what's so difficult you know you got to come to grips with what reality is right now reality is very uncertain this is not an easy negotiation to get done uh, if there was no pandemic i would have said ryan hopkins would comfortably have been in the sixes 
upper sixes, maybe even seven. But when you factor in a pandemic and you're looking at Hoffman and some of the things that happened last year, my goodness, you'll have a lot of hesitation. And that really is the crux. That's why these guys are getting paid the big bucks. Uh, you got to stick your neck out on the line. you got to make tough calls. My suspicion is that if Ryan Nugent Hopkins is not signed by the Edmonton Oilers, even though times are tough, cap positions are tough, I still think there's a chance that a team will give him a contract that certainly will have a five in front of it and maybe quite a bit closer to six than you might imagine. The reason I say that is because I think Ryan is a quality person. He's a quality player. Um, there's always a need for what he brings to a team, even in the toughest of times. Uh, with the same In the same breath, you have to take a look at a guy like Mike Hoffman that's done nothing but score goals at a very high rate in this game, and he did not exactly hit it out of the park with St. Louis at $4 million. Short term will be the end answer, in my opinion. Anything that they may have discussed long term before most likely is not reachable between the two parties now because of the vast differences each camp will have. So uh, we're joined right now by Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Uh, Bob Stoffer with you in order. So, so hypothetically, if they were discussing a seven or eight year deal before you, in, in your mind, you think that's probably no more than a five or six year deal at this stage. I do, and I actually would. My over under would be three. Wow. wow. Yeah, I just think time. I think times have changed. Now, Octagon did just do a contract for six years that all the fans listening may have, might have heard about, and that was for Jordan Bennington. Okay. You know, there, there's a lot of factors that go into these contracts. When you look at that, you know, I, and I haven't spoken to Octagon about it, but you can rest assured they're probably looking at the St. Louis Blues and thinking, you know, you have to try to help a player plan his career out. In Bennington's case, probably three more years of good performance from St. Louis. After that, it's probably, you know, there's a lot of things that have to happen for that level to continue. So a six-year deal probably makes a lot of sense for the player. The number is decent, but it's nowhere near Vasilevsky or any of the top guys, Price, anything like that for a guy that won the Stanley Cup. But that's probably a good solution for the player. Would the Oilers do that for Ryan Nugent Hopkins right now? Not only Ken Holland can answer that question. 12.49 in Edmonton. i got to get you on Dylan Holloway. Uh, we've had some blowback from some, oh, you guys rush your players all the time in Edmonton. Because I have suggested I, I think Dylan Holloway could give the Oilers a different dimension, not as a center, but remember he played mostly wing last year, then moved to center in time. This year he's played exclusively center, but possibly as a second-slash-third-line left wing. Brian, you know Tony Granato well. Uh, I think you're on the Wisconsin's recruiting package, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the last, last, like you know that you know that team and that you've rep you you know you advised players making the jump when to leave school out of the NCAA. Can you educate our listeners on what you think um, any potential impact could be if the Oilers were to get Holloway signed after Wisconsin finishes their season? All right, well, in complete transparency, I did represent their 
co-coach or associate coach Marco Siki, but not for his last contract, just for clarity. We're just good friends, and I hate negotiating college coaches' contracts. <laughs> but in any event, in regard to Dylan Holloway, I did get a chance to watch their game last night against the Gophers. It was not a great game for the Badgers or Dylan. Uh, he's had a tremendous year, though, and that's just one game. And, of course, he'll be in the NCAA tournament. They may not be a number one seed. We'll find out on Sunday what happens with all that. In my opinion, the game is different than it used to be. Ken Holland has a long track record of being very patient with guys. Um, at the same time, I don't think Ken's afraid to bring in a guy if his team, his team of scouts, said is as determined he could come in and help. I believe he could come in and help right away. I really do. I think he plays heavy enough. He skates well enough. I think you're bang on. I think if that ever did happen, it would probably be at wing. Um, you know, the, the the game is different now. Kids are so well prepared. It's not like it was 15, 20 years ago. So for me, he very easily could make a pretty positive impact, in my opinion. You won't know until he gets there. But, uh, boy, it'd be hard not to be thinking that way if you were the GM, if you were the coach, if you were whoever for the Edmonton Oilers. Some people have suggested to me, yeah, but look what he did with Abdulkader. You know, he brought him in for two games at the end of the year, then started him down in the minors the next season, brought him up. Is Holloway a guy that's got a higher ceiling than, than Justin Abdulkader? I would say that he is at least 30% more prepared right now than Justin was back then. You can see it in his game if you really watch closely. He's a dominant player at the NCAA. He really has been. And uh, he wasn't a dominant player offensively last year. But when you speak to the coaches, you know, they had a really interesting response in regards to why that was. And it was very simple. Dylan Holloway is one of the highest character kids they've ever coached. They had a lot of star players last year there. Cole Caulfield was a fresh, freshman. Alex Turkhart was a freshman. There was a lot, a lot of competition for ice time. Dylan was the one guy they asked to be patient, and he did it every day without fail with a smile on his face with no regard for his own future, the way you see a lot of kids in today's world. That says a lot about this guy. He is all in on the team concept. And eventually, whether it's this year or next, he will be an excellent player for the Edmonton Oilers. Brian, we'll leave you at that. And let me tell you, if you advise me to take a contract, I'm going to do it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I may have it already done the that. best service. Sometimes you got to know when to say when, Bob. There you go. Awesome stuff. Thank you, Brian. Uh, that is Brian. My it's Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, brought to you every Wednesday by Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and get the uh, take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. When we come back in orders now, uh, we'll do our orders now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. This is orders now. Hi, this is Jujar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Ah, the old dropkick Murphy's. What was, what was the movie? It was uh, probably late 90s. No, 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 no. Early 2000s. 
that had a couple Dropkick Murphy songs in it. And the, the comedian Billy Connolly was in it as well. Somebody can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. The High Priest of Oilers Magic has texted the show. I had read uh, Nugent Hopkins' numbers of late, and but cautioned that by saying he's traditionally been better in the second half of the season, which is true. And the High Priest of Oilers Magic says, Bob, so tired of hearing how Nuge traditionally has had uh, a better second half. What good is that? The game is 60 minutes long. Um, season is 56 minutes. Not playing well for half of either is a problem and not an excuse. I'm just saying, like, it's it's really interesting with Ryan because he's got a lot of fans. I don't see how you'd possibly get Nugent Hopkins on a three-year deal. I'm, I'm, I don't see that happening. Uh, Brian, I think Brian brought a, a made an interesting uh did an interesting job of perhaps illustrating some of the challenges and the fact that there's there are there aren't a lot of long term deals. What was there? Yesterday Specs had three deals last year that were longer than four years given out. Uh you know, Markstrom got one. Petrangelo got one. Those were a couple of the guys in, in was it Falk? No, the other, uh, Tory Krug in St. Louis got the other one, and then they just signed uh, Bennington as well. But in terms of free agency, only three guys. I mean Tanner Hall is probably looking at the same sort of scenario this upcoming season that Mike Hoffman did. Another one-year deal. I mean, Hall got well paid for the one year in Buffalo. I'm not sure he's going to get that uh, based on the year he's had this year uh, with the Sabres. All right. Into the Oilers now injury report. It's brought to you by James H. Brown, injury lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown want you to stay safe and stay positive. And a reminder that for every goal the Oilers score this season, James H. Brown will donate $100 to 630 Chad's Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. And at 1257 in Edmonton, Brendan Escott will give you an update on the injury front. Okay, well, we uh, we know that Jujar Kara and Tyson Berry are both day-to-day after that last game. Uh, Zach Cassian still awaiting final medical clearance to return from long-term injured reserve, but he is inching closer. Alex Stalock uh, wrapping up a stint in quarantine. Calgary short of Joe Kim Nordstrom, who you said Bob probably wouldn't be dressing anyway. He's day-to-day with a lower body ailment. They are clean, healthy otherwise. Uh, big loss for the Islanders. Captain Anders Lee done for the year following ACL surgery. Uh, boy, we, and people are sharp and they're bouncing back and forth. Boondock Saints I think that was the one that had Billy Connolly in it that had a couple songs from the uh, Drop uh, Kip uh, Murphy's. And then the other movie, of course, was The Departed. Quite a range in terms of the talent that was on display. The Departed is one of the best movies of all time. And paid a little bit of artistic license with a guy by the name of Whitey Bulger. 12.58 in Edmonton. Uh, Dude Love has texted the show to say, Bob... Dude, love. I would love an old Mick Foley fan. I would love to see Dylan McElrath join the Oilers and help keep teams uh, honest with Connor. Dylan McElrath, uh, all you, you know when he, when he fought in junior, McElrath. Uh, he's currently in Detroit's organization. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. He's been in the AHL the last couple of years. Big, strong guy. I've never seen him get hurt in a fight. He basically mopped the floor with everybody back in the WHL back in the day. Um, interesting. Interesting caller. David Staples, call to hockey, coming up today at 105. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.